Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands podcast. Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts, mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands podcast. Today, we have the KPI queen herself, <laughs> Terry Ross. She is the founder and co-CEO of the Apex platform. In addition to being the founder and CEO of Terry Ross Consulting. Welcome, Terry. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much, honey, for having me. Super honored to be here. I'm so happy to have you guys. I've been looking and watching Terry's content and everything for months. And I was like, wow. I was like, if you don't know her, obviously you probably do know her, but I'm like, you need to hear more from her. So I'm bringing her to you guys today. <laughs> so Terry, you know, tell us just a little bit more, you know, before we get into the business stuff, you know, tell us about where you were raised, your background and how you even found your way into sales and sales management. Oh my God. I know it's funny. I just gave a talk yesterday for a company called Antiage and I, I went through this whole little speech because it's kind of a good story. So thank you so yeah. much for asking. Um, God, I am like a Midwest girl from Detroit, like suburbs of Detroit. Wow. Um, and I, you know, God, when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor. I, and this will be a long story. So I'll sum it up, but I, I wanted to be a physician. I was always interested in medicine and, um, you know, went through college. I got into medical school and I quickly realized wow. that thanks. Yeah. I quickly realized that I preferred the business side of medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I had some friends that were in pharmaceutical sales, but I had no sales experience. I had been working at a hospital through college, really interfacing in emergency medicine, working with interns and externs and fellows and residents. And so I really got an understanding of the hospital environment and what they did. And I think that's mm -hmm. what maybe transitioned my mindset to more business. So back in the day before cell phones were what they are today, I had to get some sales experience. So my yeah. first sales job was with Verizon wireless. <laughs> I want to date my yes. back I love the, it. the big bag phones. You remember that in the car and the rotary thing? <laughs> I, I heard about it. Can't say I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, that was my jam. And you know, you talk about hardcore sales. I mean, this is yeah. like knocking on doors, total busting cold calling, but I was in like a strategic account management position, calling them big firms. And I did really well for, uh, for about two years. I did yeah. president's award, um, every year. And I, and, you know, it, it, obviously it, you know, that was my foundation of what sales was all about mm -hmm. and how do, how do you provide value to clients? And then I quickly transitioned. My first medical sales job was with Ethicon Endo, which is a surgical division of Johnson and Johnson wow. selling radioactive seeds for prostate cancer and machines for benign prostatic hypertrophy in the, in the operating room. So my, I went right, not even into pharma. I went right to the OR, which wow. is really the, you know, the beast of, of medical device sales in the operating yes. room. And, uh, you know, my career really just took, took off and catapulted into that. I went from OR sales into pharma and oncology into biotech in endocrine, endocrinology. Yes. And I transitioned into aesthetics in 2007. I moved from Michigan to Los Angeles and got my, got a position at Metasys, which is now Galderma. So yeah, yeah. that's what all started. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a trajectory that I think that's the coolest thing you know, that you were, you know, you were accepted into med school and then you were like, I don't even like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Well, you liked yeah. it to a point, liked but not it. enough yeah. to become a doctor. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's a, you know, my sister's a doctor, for example, okay. and it's just like, you know, but she hates the business side of things. Which most do. It's a, yeah. And I think, yes, exactly. And I think maybe perhaps if I wasn't working in that hospital environment mm-hmm. in different settings of the hospital, I don't know that I would have been exposed at such a young age of the, the, the time requirements and the commitment. So what I mm-hmm. love is that I could see the devotion of what a physician goes through and all their mm-hmm. years of schooling. And, and again, from an, in, and from an intern and an extern and fellowship and resident, I mean, they, they devote their whole life. And you're right. This is what I say a lot when I'm on stage, there's no MBA school of aesthetics or medicine. Nobody teaches you how to run a practice, any yes. kind of practice. Yes. So I love that I was able to kind of really get to see both sides and make a decision. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you just have like a wealth of knowledge. So I know when you were in corporate, I know you ran teams of, and, and, it, you know, $20 million of sales you guys were doing like, that's, that's big money you guys yeah. are pushing. So it's like, you know, what was the trajectory that kind of allowed you to go from corporate to consulting and where is that aha moment where you're like, ah, corporate's great. Love the money that I'm making here, but I think it can make more of a difference. Where was that for you? Thank you so much. Such a great question. It's actually a very personal story that I, you know, I always love to share because I think stories really resonate with people. And, um, you know, my parents were both hairdressers in Michigan, very successful, but I had always felt like I wanted more for my life than that. Not that it was bad. They They were great, but I wanted more. And so I am super type A. And when I was very, as I worked through my sales career, I really was somebody who spent money on personal coaching, spent money on investing into myself and how I could be a better salesperson. And when you're a good salesperson and somebody can be great in that role. Mm-hmm. I, at the time there was a lot of female reps, but not a lot of female directors or VPs. And that was something that I had strived for. And so, um, I had worked to, to hire coaches and, and, and took a lot of leadership and how you manage a team and, and again, really continue to provide value to practices. So I got promoted when I was, <clears throat> God, I was 30. For an endocrinology company, thank you. Yeah, in Boston, managing 22 states, and that region at the time was a little over 10 million. And we got it to the into the 20 million dollar mark, selling HGH, human growth hormone, to kids with genetic disorders. And that was a very competitive environment. I was up against Genentech, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Novartis, and that company was ranked fifth. And I think something about me is that it's one thing to be able to sell. It's another thing to be able to sell something that you're passionate about. And while that company, thanks girl, was ranked fifth out of the top pharma companies in the country, mm-hmm. it was a delivery device that delivered high pressure stream through the skin for children. So if you were a parent, you can imagine, you don't want to give your kids a shot. Mm-hmm. These were kids that were born with a uh, short stature. And so they needed growth hormone to be able to try to elevate their, their height. Mm-hmm. And and so I was calling on children's hospitals and, um, I, you know, I'm just really proud of that position because we went from like a very low ranking company to ranking in the top 10. And I think it was about, again, being able to work with these physicians, these endocrinologists at the children's hospital, you know, and showing them that there was a better method and a better way to help these kids without giving it, you know, injecting them, I would say. Yeah. And so 
kind of to get to, to the point of your question, you know, I had went from, from EMD Serono and I had moved to Los Angeles. I was traveling all the time. And from, it was taking a real toll on my personal marriage, my marriage, I was never home. <laughs> and now I'm at a director level and mm-hmm. my career was very important for me. So I'm divorced now, but my ex-husband at the mm-hmm. time <laughs> was like, Hey, there's this position at Metasys in Beverly Hills selling like Restylane and, and this port was launching and kind of to your point, I was like, what I, you know, I had not done any, any treatments at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way, like I'm in Beverly Hills. This is like the, the Mecca of where everybody comes to be beautiful. Right. Yep. And I, God, I applied for the job and it took six months to get the job and massive testing in terms of like, again, my leadership skills, my coaching skills, uh, my salesmanship skills. And then obviously with my credentials, my background, but I ended up, yay. I'm so, I got the job. (laughs) I got the job job and uh, the team was ranked 10 Beverly Hills, ironically, but it's a super competitive environment, but the team was Mm -hmm. ranked 10 of 10. I got it to number two in the first year. Wow. And I worked for Metasys for a couple of years. And then I was recruited over to Zeltique, which was mm-hmm. cool sculpting in the U S and Canada. This was pre IPO. So I was the eighth person hired at that company. I was, wow. Thanks girl. I was the West coast director. And I was back wearing that sales hat, like before we could hire a team and it was pre IPO and pre FDA approved. I was back in the grind now knocking on doors. Luckily for my medicine days, I had built relationships with all of the, you know, again, plastics and cosmetic derms and med spa owners to be able to have some relationships built in the space to, to be able to go out there and try to get Zeltique off the ground. Yeah. Uh, when it went IPO, I left and I'm going to age myself, but I wanted, we want my, 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 you know, we wanted to have kids. And we needed to do fertility. And the doctor was like this, you know, I really can't have you traveling the way that you're traveling. Mm -hmm. So this was a huge decision for me. And it really kind of put me in a very, um, a very different mindset because I was so used to contributing financially, such a driver, managing teams. I loved my corporate life and I loved what I was able to achieve and to now deciding to quit. Um, to start my family, right? (laughs) Which is really how Terry Ross Consulting was born. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for that, but it was a very, um, a very deep transitioning period for me, really where I had to dig deep in terms of like what I wanted to do and how could I still contribute and give back in a different way. Wow. I mean, I I think so many women can, you know, relate to that story. It's just like, if you're, uh, you know, like you said, a type A powerful woman, and then it's like, wanting to become mother really just shows you like, wow, there's like two paths. It's really hard to stay on both, especially, you know, IVF treatments, you know, just so I'm sharing something with you. If, if, if I want to have kids, I have to go as well. Um, cause it doesn't ladies, it doesn't come naturally for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Not that is for sure, but there's so many miracles out there that we are so fortunate to have these opportunities. I know. And, and so another question that I kind of want to ask you is more of on a, on a personal side. When you were kind of going through that transition, how did you ground your, how did you ground yourself like in your sense of self? Like I am more than all these positions that I had. How, what, what process did you go through to get to that? Thank you so much, Leslie. Such a great question. I'm going to be so honest because I hope women or men out here listening to this, that 
you know, it's not, it's not always what it seems on the outside. Right. And I am really just a very humble person that I was depressed, not in like a depression where I needed medication, but I really went into a depressive state because I felt like I lost myself. I didn't have kids. We're trying to have kids. The first round didn't work. My ex-husband was very successful and we're very good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I spent my whole life literally trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, sacrificing probably some of my family time and my relationship, because I was trying to be that woman leadership in that corporate, you know, position. And I, I obviously got that. So I hired like a spiritual coach, if you will. Right. Um, just to kind of help me see that my titles and my corporate positions did not define me. Mm. And I really had to work through that, that I had already had a very successful career with a beautiful resume and a great track record of success. And that it didn't, that that was not the only path for me. Yes. Yes. Having a, having a job. And I hate to say that I had a position, I had a career, but I was also working my ass off for other people. And mm. so I'm so blessed for everything I've learned and everything I've achieved mm-hmm. and everything I continued to learn after that happened, because you either, again, you either sink or swim mm. and I'm scrappy. We you know when it comes to that, <laughs> I'm I love it. And I was like, I, I'm, I, I'm either going to be here in this sad place, or I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to, you know, pull my head out and I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting a call from Garth Fisher, who's a very well-known plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. And I had sold him cool sculpting, mm-hmm. right? And he was starting a med spa and he called and said, I need help. And this is really when med spas were not what they were today. So this is like 2012. Oh yeah. Like they were mm-hmm. right. They were really just kind of getting off the ground. Cause I remember talking with Alex from AmSpa like 2008, nine. And listen, I was scared to death, but you know, that whole book, that book by Shonda Rhimes, right. Who's the producer of Grey's Anatomy. Yes. She wrote a book called just say yes. And it, oh, it's, I haven't just, read it. Gotta read, it's about just saying yes. Even if you're afraid and can't and don't know how you just, you just say yes and you figure it out. And I had never worked inside of a practice, but I had worked in enough practices, right. For what, seven years to understand their internal challenges on the corporate side, right? Trying to sell more fillers and, 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 and disport and, and obviously cool sculpting and then knowing where the gaps were in the market. So I said, yes, I was his, um, his consultant, but I worked in the practice for about three days for a year and mm-hmm. quickly scaled that to a little over a million dollars. And that was sort of the start of Terry Ross consulting. And then I yes. got calls from Paul Nassif and Andy Frankel and wow. Ruben and just these really high profile physicians in Beverly Hills that were like, I need help. And I'm like, I'm, I'm here to help you. I, I got this. I can do this. Wow. <laughs> that, that I, I love that transition. It's like, you know, from something so personal to saying, Hey, I need to stay home. I need to figure it out. Yeah. Continuing the coaching. And, and you see that guy, she continued the coaching even yeah. through the dark times. Cause yeah. that's, that's when we need the coaching the most. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think everybody's sometimes afraid one, afraid to admit that they need some additional help and, or afraid to spend money. 
Mm -hmm. And I think all of the, I think the, the greatest thing any one of us can do is, is constantly invest in yourself. Yes. Spoke, as I mentioned, there's no glass ceiling of education and learning. And once we stop that or feel that we're, we're not growing. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, you know, now you're getting all these big names calling you and you're just like, Whoa, something's happening yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah. Something's happening yeah. here. So, you know, what have you been um, coaching, you know, these med spas on and, and what would you say are the biggest gaps that you have seen in med spas and plastic surgery practices over the years? And how have you like filled those gaps of concrete? <laughs> Thank you. No, you know, in the beginning, and, and look, this is what I really do say. I, I feel like as a consultant now and then launching Apex, and I know we'll talk about that. I do pride myself on the fact that like, I'm someone who walks the walk and talk the talk. I didn't read a book and I'm trying to coach people on how to do it. Like I've done everything myself and with the team of people, certainly not just me. So um, the initial, I think whether it was Garth or Paul or when I took over Lasky Aesthetics and I was a managing partner there for five years, um, the biggest gaps in the aesthetic space, and I'm sure in any medical like practice as a whole, again, whether you're a physician or an extender or an esthetician, or an, it doesn't matter if you're a provider and you come out of schooling, no one teaches you how to run a business, how to make it successful, how to sustain it, how to provide high level of customer service. Um, how do you retain people? How do you market the right way? What pieces of equipment do you buy, right? What makes the most money? What's profitable? I mean, revenue per hour, I could go on and on. And I've learned obviously over the years. And so in the beginning, I did not know what I know now. What I was able to do is coming, having managed teams, having sold for 20 years in every capacity, mm -hmm. I knew how to sell. I knew how to bring value. I knew how to communicate and mm -hmm. I knew how to lead teams. And I think that that gave me an advantage that I wasn't, and I, and I'm, and I'm scratch and I wasn't willing to settle for mediocrity. I wasn't willing to just accept that, Hey, you're a busy surgeon. I say this often busy doesn't mean being profitable. Mm -hmm. Are you like, so I, I studied, I studied benchmarks of plastic surgery. I studied, am spa reports. I went to the very first am spa meeting back in the day in this little tiny place in Los Angeles to learn. I learned yes. like I, I, I really had to learn the business benchmarks before I could act like I knew how to run a practice internally. So that is the number one gap. There is a significant lack of education. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere for anybody to go. And even if you go to a conference, which are amazing, you go to a conference, you hear people talk, it's didactic. You take notes, you get home with, I'm sure the best intentions to execute, but if, but intentions don't lead to, to great execution. If, yes. if, if I go and I still don't know what I don't know, I come back with notes, but how do you continue that leadership and coaching and management just from a conference? So mm -hmm. I, I recognize that education and courses and ongoing training was vital. And then from the data perspective, um, you know, I think that again, having been in corporate, I'm super analytical. So mm -hmm. knowing how to use software, practice management software to your advantage, 
right? It's one thing to say, Leslie did 100,000 in, in injectables. Well, what if Leslie could have did 300,000? Like mm -hmm. practices aren't asking themselves those questions or challenging themselves because they don't know the potential of what it could be. Mm -hmm. To know the potential, you have to look at scheduling efficiency and what, what treatments make the most money. And if they're profitable, how profitable? Once you compensate, right? Or you maybe run a special or a discount, are you losing money? Hmm. Um, right. What is your PL set up correctly so that you can look in 30 minutes what's working and what's not? So, how do you use the data to make informed decisions? So it's one thing to run reports, it's, it's another to have the wherewithal and the management and the leadership and the knowledge of the aesthetic space to say, this is not this is not working. And how I coach to change. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a big thing um, because, you know, when we're doing planning, you know, we'll request a PL and things like that. And, and they'll get it from their accountant. They'll never look at it yeah. and they'll send it over. 100%. And, you know, something that I want to ask you about, I'm kind of curious about too now. <laughs> um, so you said like structuring the PL so that they can understand it with, you know, with a bird's eye view by looking at it. Yes. How much coaching do you think that? CPAs actually need to make sure that they're structuring those documents properly for their clients? That is, God, it's a phenomenal question that I don't think I even realized that probably until this weekend. I shouldn't say I didn't realize it. Of course I realized it. But I think what I often hear is two things. This is the way my CPA told me to do it. Hmm. And I, and I kind of want to say, I, I don't care. I mean, I, that's great. But your CPA is exactly that. Your CPA doesn't know the aesthetic space. So they're probably telling all of their clients to do it this certain way. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. I'm going to coach you so that it's better. I'm going to coach you so that all of your revenue from your services, surgeries, you know, not, uh, you know, non-surgical esthetician retail, whatever it is, I'm going to coach you so that all the revenue isn't clumped in one thing. And then I have to say, well, Leslie, what percent of the revenue is this, 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 or this? I have to see it broken out. You know, people don't understand that cost of provider label goes above the line. If you mm -hmm. do the injectable, your, your payroll needs to be above the line, not down below in GNA and payroll. So there are fundamental things that when it's structured the right way, I can literally with percentages, right? What's what percentage of my marketing? What is my payroll? What is my cost of goods? What is my rent? What is my credit card? Like whatever the, and I know all those benchmarks and I know exactly what they need to be. But if you don't know and practices don't know, and then if the PL isn't set that way, nobody, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows yeah. what their opportunities are and their potential is. Mm -hmm to be able to say, I, I'm not willing to settle for just this profit margin. I need this or hell I'm losing a bunch of money mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. even know I'm losing money and I have to, you know, I make these um, significant changes. So yeah. a lot of coaching. I think there, that is another area of opportunity. It is that if people are working with the CPA in the aesthetic space, I would, you know, I would be honored. And I, I think there's an opportunity for them to, you know, to, to be educated as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's something I'll talk to you about yeah. later, maybe. So, you know, and then a, another question that I have for you too, is that, so you have, a, you have Apex that you founded because you went from, you know, the consulting to Apex. And I know that has so many um, great like modules that you're, that people can yeah. take advantage of. So 
if you could, so I know that, it, okay, so let me just make sure I have it right. I know that it does, you know, measures uh, KPIs, the you know, key performance indicators in their practice. It measure, it also trains staff, yeah. right? Yeah. And tell us more about what Apex does. Yeah, thank you, girl. So, and you know, and again, another sort of um, very personal, humbled story. Like, so I lecture all over the country at all the society meetings and in, uh, you know, March of 20. So I got, I could show you guys. So I wrote a sales training course and I wrote it and I launched it out of my years of, of, of best practices with these practices. I wrote a sales training course and I launched it at the AmSpa, the medical spa show in January of 20. Mm -hmm. And it was very successful. And I had uh, an online course just for that at the time. And before that, I was literally flying to practices for two days to teach this two-day sales training course. Mar COVID hits. I brought on a new consultant in March who came from another, um, another, another organization, very, very successful person. And we were like, oh shit, like all of the conferences got shut down. I got hmm. very, very sick with COVID. And I thought, what? I don't know what we're going to do. And the greatest blessing came out of that. I mean, obviously, certainly not COVID, but our Terry Ross consulting business went up 70% to sum it up. And I think it was the first time that practices were losing staff. They weren't coming back. Turnover was high. They were finally looking at their cash reserves in the bank and probably didn't have enough to sustain themselves or scared they would run out of money, yes. weren't sure when they were going to open back up, looking at their books and their rent and their equipment leases and going, I have a problem. I have a problem. Like I need help. And so myself and my team literally sat down and we took an opportunity of being at home and having more quality time to literally just brain dump and say, okay, what do we do as consultants? What services do we offer? How have we been able to help people, right? On a one-on-one -on -one basis, because while I love it so much, I mean, I love working with people so much and I'm, and my, my whole intention and mission as a company is to help. That's all we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I was at a tipping point. We could not handle the capacity and I had no, I had no more capacity to, to reach more people. Yeah. So I had met a friend who is a private equity guy, uh, who's had, got 15, you know, SaaS companies. And he really said, Terry, let me understand what you do. So my team and I, again, we identified gaps in the market, which as we dis discussed, the number one gap is, is ongoing education. So if COVID proved nothing, it proved that, that on-demand learning is here to stay. People have no reason and no excuse to say, I don't know how to do it because everything you can do and that you want to do or learn is online. So, mm -hmm. on, so education in the aesthetic space, courses, courses in sales, in closing and communicating and converting in building a treatment plan, retaining marketing. How do I sell? And at the end of the day, we're all selling something without mm -hmm. sales. There's no business. There's no people. Exactly. Then we looked at most people don't know. They don't have a forecast. They don't have a budget. They don't have a performa. They don't have a goal tracker. They don't know how to compensate or they're doing it wrong. So we said, okay, what what, how are we helping these people privately? And that's what we were doing. We were doing all of those things for them because their data, right? In the practice management software was shitty. It was shitty data. <laughs> we're spending hours analyzing crappy Excel reports and recognize that garbage in, garbage out. Oh, so yes. we said, okay, how do we feel, how do we develop a finance course 
that is literally becoming, how do we, how do we, how do we do an MBA school of aesthetics? How do we build courses that give practices and providers and owners all of the education, all of the courses they need to learn how to do it? Because mm-hmm. as typical consultants, and I'm sure like you, I can do the work. My team can do the work. Yes. But if I leave, it's going to go back to normal. Gone. It's not a sustainable thing. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, and think about what I'm saying. I'm cannibalizing my own other company, right? But I'm willing, <laughs> but I'm willing to do that because I can impact, I, we can impact more lives. So many more people. Impact more people. We can go global and help way more people than just this private consulting. So exactly. it was the courses and then it was the data. Again, we were, we were analyzing spreadsheets and data and having the same Leslie conversations that practices were marketing laser hair removal. They, they, they were marketing the things that didn't make money. They were inefficient in the schedule. Their revenue per hour was way beneath the benchmarks of what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it was really looking at all of the data and saying, what does practice management software not do? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you're going to run reports. It's raw data. Yes. We worked with the CPA firm and we built financial calculators that literally spit out information, right? Spit out treatments that are profitable. Look at your revenue per hour per company, per mm-hmm. person, per provider, and per category. Once you know those two things in of itself, this shit is this is the power and this is the money. Because once yeah. I know what is profitable or not, mm-hmm. I can make a decision to cut it out, reduce the time, increase the price. I can make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. I can look at revenue per hour and have a conversation with you and say, Leslie, hey, honey, you're doing great, but you know what? Your revenue per hour should be eight, around 800. You're tracking around five. Now I know what makes money. Let me work with you and coach you on mm-hmm. how to get it up there. So then we go back, we, we say, let's, let's, I want you to go back and take the sales training course. And I want you to learn how to do a treatment plan, right? Because when you do a treatment plan, the patient's going to get a better outcome. You're mm-hmm. going to make more money. Every, everybody, the business makes more revenue. Everybody wins, right? Yes. So those two things in of itself. And then we taught practices, how to build goals, how to track your goals on a daily basis to compensation calculators. And if you happen to be interested in starting a medical spa or a plastic surgery practice, we built, built startup calculators so that you could go to the bank and say, okay, this is how much money I think I'm going to need. So if I had wow. to distill it down, it was really, and they're, they're big things. It was education and it's analytics. And again, it's forming not just the tools and the training courses around that, but mm-hmm. then again, teaching you, how do I use this information to move the needle? Yeah, that's huge. And that's the biggest thing, you know, that came out of it, using information to move the needle because information by itself right. is worthless. <laughs> it's great to read it. And you're like, okay, what the hell do I do with it? I don't know what to do. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, no, no matter what practice that I work with, I, I see that across the board as, as long as we're able to, is most med spa owners that I work with, they're lifestyle business owners. As long as they're able to pay their bills, pay their staff, still go on their trips or whatever it is, yeah. they're not looking that closely at the numbers. I love, yeah, you're right. And, and, I'm, and it's nice, you know, not that we need any more validation, but it's nice that no. you come from a different set of background and skill set. You're providing a service too. You're providing something these practices need from an insurance perspective. And then you're recognizing the same thing. 
Yeah. And, and, and so it's huge. So I, I really love this product you guys have come out with it. And I think I might become a cheerleader. <laughs> I, I appreciate that girl. We, you know, we love it. We're so humbled to have you. It's so great. So, I mean, is there any, like, um, if, if you were to talk to um, a provider now that's like, you know, three years in, they're doing, I don't know, $3 million in revenue, but th they want to grow. What would, what would you, how would you start with them? And what would you tell them to actually do? Would you say, Hey, let's get this apex program first and then go from there. Like yeah. everybody, everybody, whether People still want to work with us privately, which we're really scaling that back. Apex mm -hmm. really is developed with the intention that it serves the purposes of what, what, what we used to do, but mm -hmm. everybody gets a discovery call. You know, we have a sales team. Um, people can still talk to me and my, my other consultants. And I think it's important to understand what you want to achieve, right? So this, mm -hmm. this, this analogy, this person, three years in $3 million, you know, it's important to go through this very robust discovery process because it's, what are your intentions for your business long-term, right? What kind of leader are you? If you're an owner and you're a provider, right? What kind of coaching and investing do you do? Not just being a good provider in your company and in your team. Like, I really want to know that because I know Apex can help you, but there's no magic wand. There's no fairy dust I'm going to sprinkle around for you to be successful. It's a commitment on both sides. Oh, if yes. somebody recognizes that I went to medical school or I'm a provider of any sorts, and that, is, that means you also need to have an entrepreneurial mindset. And I can't fix your mindset. I can help you be successful, right? And I can help you be profitable and I can help you be efficient. We've proven that. So it's asking a series of questions and then understanding, you know, um, of that 3 million, you know, what percent makes up the money? What, how, what is your percent profit margin, right? Let me look at, let me understand the benchmarks of all of the things that we had talked about, right? Your payroll, your rent, your marketing, your cost of goods, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, what, how, how big is your, your location? How many rooms do you have? How many providers do you have? What is their revenue per hour? Like we just dig deep. And from there, I, I can answer the question. We've already built Apex around around our 15 years of consulting to say, mm -hmm. great, right? We've made Apex affordable, right? We've made it affordable for everyone versus what you would pay us privately. And then we say, based on what I heard you saying, Leslie, and based on what your needs are and what I hear your challenges to be, we're gonna recommend Apex platform and here's why, and here's what mm -hmm. it can do. So other than the educational courses and the analytics, there's so much more in there. And I think the added benefit to it is that we provide weekly coaching mm -hmm. that in of itself is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Like every week we, we do math master classes on Tuesdays, you know, one in the morning, one at night so that we, we are there to support these people. We're, we're on the journey with you. It's not just another, this is not software. This is really yeah. business intelligence. It's business intelligence providing again, all of the, of the why, and more importantly, the how to do it. And then mm -hmm. when you need us, we have a, we have a client success team who's with you along the way to make sure that you are set up for success, but using the tools and again, empowering you. Now your yes. team is going to be empowered to know how to do it and to feel more confident and competent. Yes. So, Two huge words. Yeah. 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 I love it. My goodness, Terry, thank you so much for all of your insight and sharing your story today. It, it's so great. What in all your years of experience that you bottled up, you know, for <laughs> the world with this platform, it's been making change and I'm excited to Bye. see.
the, the, I'm excited to watch the trajectory. Thank you. And, you know, listen, girl power, uh, you know, there's, there's no shortage of supporting other successful professional women and men out there, but you know, I, I, I thank you so much. I'm super honored that you reached out to me. I'm honored to have an opportunity to be here to share my story. I really do hope it resonates with people struggling or stuck or feeling like they can't do it. Like you guys can do anything you want to do and put your mind to it. And it's really all about giving back and then the rest comes. So yeah. That's great guys. So everything's going to be linked in the, in the show notes, her, you know, her websites and all of those things will be there. Um, and so we'll see you soon. Thanks, Terry. All right, honey, take care. Thanks so much. You too. Like what you heard, please leave us a review. I appreciate you listening and your support. Follow us on Instagram at plan life happens and comment on this episode's post. Also, I appreciate your feedback and ideas. Improving is the name of the game. I'm Leslie Tracy, your host. Thanks for listening.